We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'm going to give a couple of the uh, fan bold predictions before yes. we dive into questions, Vince. Let's do it. So let's go. Matthew Southgate, his bold prediction is a top five scoring defense. That would be big time. That would be huge. If we look at scoring defenses the last few years, that'd be last year 15.9 or less. 2019, it would be 14 points or less. 2018, it'd be 16.4 points or less. 2017, 16.1 points per less. 15.8 points per less. Uh, 16.4 points per less. So that would be big time. Now, yeah, Notre Dame's two touchdowns. Yeah. Notre Dame's best mark during that time, I believe, was 2019, where they gave up 17.9. They were at 18.2. Now, of course, part of the in 18 was because of the, the Clemson game jumped it up a little bit. Sure. Uh, but yeah, that, that 2018 team was probably their best scoring defense. They finished with, you know, Again, 2019, they benefited from playing Bowling Green, New Mexico, and Iowa State in a bowl game. That <laughs> yeah. schedule was pretty soft. 2018 was a much tougher schedule, and they were 18.2. So, but those are Notre Dame's two best numbers. And then 2012, obviously, was 12.8, but the, it was a different game then. Let, let's be honest, right. college football has changed a lot since then. Right. So that would be a that would be that would big be a time feat. for Notre Dame. That would be a, that's a bold prediction by Matthew. Andrew Sakalowski still living in the marital bliss of his recent nuptials, and so he's excited. He's he's perfectly in the right frame of mind to be making bold predictions. He says bold prediction: linebackers, not the defensive line, steal the show this year, despite the line being great. I, and I could see that because that kind of leads into some of the things Vince is talking about. A lot of sacks by the D line or pressures by the D line result in scooping scores by the linebackers or interceptions by the linebackers or sacks by the linebackers because you know they're running right. away from Foskey and MTA and Adam Yola and those kind of things uh and, and right into the ar- waiting arms of Drew White and Jack Kaiser and JD Bertrand and Bo Bauer I could see that yeah yeah I, see I that. like that no question I think this line, so look I I said this yesterday I think this linebacking core is gonna be good and yeah. even with even without Maris uh to start the season or however long he's out I still have confidence in this linebacking core that doesn't change right it doesn't mm-hmm. change I still have a lot of confidence in this group. We got some more bold predictions here. 
<laughs> Andrew's already walked back his bold prediction. Okay, I take back my bold <laughs> prediction after seeing the mayor's injury. <laughs> that hurts. Uh, <laughs> Here's great. one. Matthew Southgate doubles down, though, a little bit. He, he's the one that had a f- top five scoring defense. Bold prediction. Shane, Shane Simon becomes the player his talent shows him to be. Horrible news, but let's hope it's positive for Shane. So I like I that. I hope so. That'd be great. Yeah, I, I hope like so. that. Yeah. Oh, here's one. Mace AK. I have a feeling headbutting will be happening if this if this goes on. Bull prediction. Wow. Fosky and Myron Tungvaloa Mosa combined for 20 plus sacks. That would yeah. shock me. That would be that's massive. beyond that's beyond beyond a bold prediction. Wow. Wow. No question. Two thirds of the total sack yardage would be or t- sack total would be from two mm-hmm. guys. That's that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. Uh, Jeff Fluke, bold prediction. Kyle Hamilton will not be an All-American, will be avoided by offenses, and will have not there you have go. the numbers. That, 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 that's kind of what Vince was talking about. Yeah, that's yeah. what scares me about my bold prediction about Kyle Hamilton's Heisman love. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. While you're looking, I will say the problem with the problem with All-American uh, you know, recognition is it's that reputation based. it's reputation-based, and he's got the reputation already. And so, which I, means he could be an all-American even if right. teams avoid him. Exactly. Right. That's my point. But exactly. I like. But Jeff's thinking more rationally, and I like that. Oh yeah, I, right. I, I, I like me, we that. like that around here. We yeah. like rational thought. We like now. This that. one's a little bit not uh, not as pertinent, but bold prediction: Marist and Jack Kaiser received national recognition by the end of the season. Now, obviously, Marist is not going to be doing that now, but Jack Kaiser, I think it 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 still it still holds. He's going to be a silent assassin. I think he's just yeah. going to be out there doing his job, and he's just going to be making plays. Mm, yep. Uh, Shannon Hyduck says, bold prediction. Kyle Hamilton has not one or two, but three pick six touchdowns on D this season, which well, would then, Vince, if that – There if, you go. If yeah. Shannon's – if his if his bold prediction comes true, yours will come true. Yes. You're one yes, about Kyle. Correct. Yep. Oh, and those... I forgot to make my last bold prediction. Oh. My last bold prediction is Jason Adamiola has 10-plus tackles for loss, more than 10 tackles for loss this season, which would be the most by a D tack. Well, Jerry Tiller had 10, so I'm saying he's going to go more than 10. It'd be the most since um, uh, Sheldon Day and in what 2015, right? From then Sheldon has of lineman, right? From a defensive lineman, yeah. So, or from an interior defensive lineman, interior defensive lineman. Well, the way he's been going in fall camp, he's going to be tough to keep out of the backfield. Yes, yes. Uh, Aquara and Kareem had more than 10 in 2018, but I'm interior. Tillery had 10 and a half. I'm going more than that. And then I, Sheldon I, Day had 15 and a half in 2015. And I'll so, tell you what. I, you know, we're hearing a lot of, you know, hype coming out of floor state and, you know, while you're looking there and I, I just, you know, what I haven't heard hype about is the offensive line for Florida state. And I feel sorry for those five gentlemen, whoever it ends Mm -hmm. up being, because the S storm is coming their way and it's going to be ugly. I'm just, whoever the quarterback is, because they haven't named a quarterback, Mackenzie Milton, the Travis kid, whatever. They're going to be running for their lives is, is how I see Florida State going because of that front. And and Jason Adamiola is going to be leading the charge up the middle. And those offensive linemen aren't going to know what hit them. And, mm-hmm. and I don't care who the starting quarterback is. It doesn't matter to me. Matthew Hader says, my bowl prediction is Justin Walters is the third safety. That that's I like that. I, I mean, that's, he's looking more depth chart-wise, and we don't often think that way. I like that, Matthew. That's bold. And he has like another that. one. It says another one is that Jack Kaiser leads the team in tackles. I almost okay. went that route actually with my bull. Prediction. Don't try to steal Matthew's yeah. thunder. Bro. I'm you not had stealing. You, I gave you a chance before you anybody did. else. Hey, hold on. Bull predictions and you, I'm, what you I'm give it. what I'm saying is Matthew is has a great great head on uh-huh. his shoulders. That's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. 
Some com- com- here's some comments that I'm getting from uh, people about the the Marcus Freeman conversation we had earlier. Ah, uh, yes. Irishman seven one one four says. Uh, so what I hear Brian had been saying is about Marcus Freeman is let it play out. <laughs> Put it on the Eric eighteen sixty three says Brian is itching to say let it play out right now. Hashtag allies. Oh, right. it's going to be great. People are going right. we're going to start using that hashtag. People are going to think we're we're trying to get like you know like, surgery like, or something. It, which, yeah, for me, probably <laughs> would definitely be taken that way. Uh, Patrick McGrain says, bold prediction, Houston plays himself into a first-round draft pick. Wow, Interesting. first round. Woo! Look, I'm, a, I'm yeah. on the Houston-Griffith bandwagon, but that's a that, that'd be a light bandwagon. I don't yeah. know a whole lot of people are on that one. Yeah, here's a couple more. I like these. these we're, starting to, we're definitely starting to get into some bold predictions now. So Sam this Tyrell says, over-under, three-and-a-half defensive picks in 2021. Um, talking about draft, bold yeah, prediction, right. and he's going to take the over. So who's eligible? Who's who's yeah, eligible? Kyle Ham? Well, Kyle Hamilton done right. Houston Griffith, Drew White. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, eligible that we expect to come out. Okay, yeah, so let's right, go. Right. Kyle Hamilton, Drew White, um, Jason Adamiola, Myron Tungvalomosa, Kurt Heinish, and potentially Isaiah Foskey if he does what an earlier bold prediction was is over ten sacks. Basically. I see three for sure. With the possibility of a four, so yeah, that's that boy set the number right at three and a half. That's pretty good, Sam. That that's yeah. a good spot to put that number. I'd probably go, and then Tariq Bracy too. I'd probably go under just because I don't think Fossey's going to come out. So I think I think Kyle Hamilton will definitely be drafted. I think Jason Adamil will be drafted. I think those guys are day one, day two picks. Right, right day MTA. one for Kyle, day two for him, and I think MTA definitely MTA. gets drafted. Those are the it's going to all boil down to Kurt Heinish at that point in time. Does Kurt Heinish or Drew White get drafted? Drew White would be my next on the list. Of uh, the, guys the issue that, that I have for Drew is Drew size, is size and yeah. injury history. Sure, he's had yeah. some bad injuries in this right. Notre Dame. Yep. Now, if he has a big year, I could see it because he's been productive. It's just he's going to have to really test well. Mm-hmm. Like that's the thing. Like he's gonna have to really test well. I'm gonna go over since we're on the bull prediction. Because I, I think either Heinish or Drew White's gonna get picked. Heinish, Drew White, or Tariq Bracey's wow. gonna what? No, I said one of the three. Oh, I see. He's gonna okay. get picked. Because I definitely see Hamilton. I definitely see MTA. I definitely see yeah. Adamiola. I, I think definitely see those three getting picked. Yes, Jason Adamiola or MTA was getting in mock drafts last year. People were putting him in mock drafts last year. I'm like, right. guy's not in the draft, fellas. Like, if you're going to be a mock draft person, you at least know who the heck is in the draft. (laughs) We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Facilitate and form. Bold prediction. We get three shutouts this year. Oh, that's interesting. And are considered the best defense in the country by the end of the year. That's that's a bold prediction. That is a bold prediction, especially yeah. with the quality schedule the Notre Dame plays. Because again, they don't play any great offenses, but they play some good ones. You know, sure. good, a decent number of good ones. Paulie G. My bold prediction is Jack Cohn becomes a Heisman finalist, and Notre Dame goes undefeated in the regular season, wins it all, and goes undefeated fourteen and zero. That's quite a bold prediction. That's now again, about as bold as it a, gets. a little bit you know, kind of bigger picture than just the defense, but I, I kind of dig that. I yeah. kind of dig that. Old Grimm says, bold prediction, the defense gives up less than 20 points per game. I don't think I'm going to say right? that's not bold because they've yeah. done that last three years. I mean, right. they were at 18.2 and 18, 17.9 and 19, and then last year even with playing Clemson twice and Alabama, they right. still were at 19.7. So, sorry, Old Grimm. I, you look, man. You, maybe you're That's on the court. Maybe you're on the golf course today, right? Ooh. And and you're a little distracted. That's I don't one. know, but uh, you got to come. With some, you got to come. That's a, just a prediction. That's not right. a bold prediction, my man. <laughs> I love you, old Grim, but that's just too. not bold, buddy. Okay, you got to come. You got to come with it a little bit. Uh, Andrew Goss is kind of on the same line with me. Uh, mine is that we lead the country in tackles for loss and are a top five run defense. And I almost went there. One of my bold predictions was almost going to be less than 200 yards in rush defense, but because we were only going with three, that ranked below those top three. So you, you um, had your chance, huh? You had your chance. Hey, you know what though? But it's my show, so I can do Because <laughs> Vince, you've already been fired. Remember the thing? Yeah, I, you, I, I right? got the message. So. Yeah, I did. <laughs> You should have hit the uh, exit button right then and there. Vince has not been fired for you who have no sense of humor. Um, yeah, that was just for him blaming me when he blamed me earlier. So yeah, um, here we go. John Climax says bold prediction: interior D lineman leads the team in sacks, and I know Ooh, who the defensive interior, interior lineman I have in mind is Jason Adamier. Jason, yeah, yeah, I could see yeah. that. I could see yeah. him having six sacks and leading the team because I think sacks could be a lot like the, what you said about the interceptions, Vince. I think they're going to be spread around. I don't think there's mm-hmm. going to be one guy with like 13. Right. I think they're going to be spread around a lot, in my opinion. And I think linebackers are going to get more than people think because, A, they're going to, you know, in the three down front, you're going to be bringing linebackers more on pressures. And number two, I could see a lot of linebacker sacks happening because they're trying to avoid the MTA and Jason exactly. and Kurt and Isaiah and those kind of guys. Yep. Sam Tyrell says, bold prediction. I'm more confident in this year's team than last year's team thoughts. Uh, I, 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 to me, that's not bold. Yeah, right. That's how I feel. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. yeah. Yep. But that could also be my bias towards me already thinking that. But either way, Sam, whether it's bold or not, you're thinking like we do. And some people may say that's something you should be worried about. I think it's a good (laughs) thing that you're thinking that way. Uh, Here's one, Vince. This isn't about bold predictions, but I just thought you should see this before you go. (laughs) That's fantastic. I wish you were in my class too, Curtis. I'm sure we would have some good chats. Uh, Craig Sebring says, bold prediction, this injury, while it hurts now, will be forgotten, and whoever plays the will position will dominate, and we will forget about it. Wow, that's bold. I don't think we would forget about it. I think what we would say is, man, could you imagine if Maris was doing that? I think it's right. – but, but I like I like where he's – Yeah, I do too. I do Andrew too. Look, Goss, I think JD, JD's going to do a good job. Yeah, I do. Because what have we been saying? Like, look, the homer take would be like, we've never mentioned JD, JD Bertrand, and all of a sudden, well, oh, he's going to be fine. He's going to be good. right. No, we've been we, talking about, yeah. we talked about him in a little bit in the spring because I mean, JD's kind of flashing, and then we've talked a lot about him in camp. You talked about him a lot. Like, the comment you said was just, he's just always around the ball. 
Yeah. I mean, and that's, I've talked to sources and we, I told, I relayed to all of you the conversation I had. They're like, well, what's make, what makes JD so much better? He's always around the ball. Well, what about, look, he's just always around the ball, but what about, he's just always around the ball. I don't know what else to tell you besides he's just always around the ball. If that carries into the season, that's great because that's not what the will linebackers were last year. Right. Exactly. And that's a pause. We did get a super chat down here, Vince. We got one Whoa. from John Dalton. You guys are awesome. Don't know if you all covered my defensive bold prediction from yesterday. Foskey and Amosa have double digit sacks. I dig that one. That's a bold. That's that, now see that that's a is lot, a bold yeah. prediction. That's a bold I love prediction. It. Yes, I love it. Yeah, that's and I will a bold say one. this: that is the kind of thing that I'm talking about. That that's the kind of thing that has to happen. The offense has to happen. For right. that to happen, for his right. to happen, we have to be right about what we talked about yesterday. Yep, that's that's my thing. All right, Brian, I'm gonna you gotta I'm bounce. Gonna, I'm gonna bounce on that awesome, uh, you know, uh, donation there by John Dalton. Thanks, John. Really appreciate it. Uh, and I will see you guys for the best day of the week. It's Friday mailbag tomorrow. Bye. No, no singing. Okay, Vince. Vince, we're gonna have to have a talk about Vince's singing. Let's get to some more of these bold predictions. I, I really like these. Uh, Craig Sebring, bold prediction. Oh, no, I'm sorry. We already set, had that one. Here we go. DJ Wilson, bold predictions. Although I'm concerned Drew might be affected by the will, I'm sticking with Drew White. Has 10-plus tackles for loss. Ramon Henderson has at least one interception. And the interior defensive line has 15 sacks. I dig that one. That is bold. Nathan Lytle says, bold prediction. Kyle Hamilton gets uh, more than four INTs. That'd be a lot considering... Uh, yeah, that'd be that'd be a lot. That'd be a lot. John Kiever said yesterday, and don't know if this has been mentioned, but lead the nation in tackles for loss. We had one other person say that, John, and that would be that would be a that's a bold prediction. Last year, uh, even in a, just eleven games, the leading tackle for loss team was Pitt with one hundred and eleven, and Notre Dame was sixth with ninety. Of course, that was just total tackles for loss. The year before. Ohio State led the nation with 124. Uh, you know what? Here's the thing. Let's let's do this, John. I think a better way to look at it is probably to go tackles for loss per game because the one thing that's going to hurt Notre Dame is they're going to always play fewer games than a lot of these teams. Even if they make it to the, the championship game, they're going to play 14. Well, you know, that's what the three playoff teams are going to get. That's what a lot of these teams, any team that plays in a conference championship is going to play at least 14 games. So, I think tackles for loss per game. 2019, the leader was 9.08. 2018, 10.46. 2017, 8.8. 2016, 9.6. So those, you're going to have to get up into like 120 plus tackles for loss to kind of be in that conversation. That's a lot. That's a lot. That'd be a heck of a year. Heck of a year. No question about it. No question about it. Matt Romero says, I'm still taking Kyle Hamilton for INT leader. Even if the ball isn't coming his way, he has enough to catch a tip or jump a route. D-Rock says, bold prediction, Marcus Freeman, defensive coach of the year. I like that one. I like that one. No question about it. I think, too, D-Rock, the thing about that prediction is, is a lot of the things that we've talked about would have to come, and other people have talked about, would have to come true for that to happen. You know, They'd have to you know, have a bunch of shutouts or, or be an even better scoring defense than they've been in the past. And I have to have a lot of sacks and turnovers and tackles for loss. All those things have to happen for, and if they do happen, then your bold prediction comes true. He would be the defensive coach of the year, in my opinion. And OC Irish says, Vince, does a safety two points count in the prediction? He was not referring to safeties. He was referring to touchdowns. 
Paulie G, bold prediction. ESPN jumps on the Notre Dame bandwagon and starts giving them the respect they deserve. They'll always do that eventually. They've done that in the past. It's just they always wait uh, in, until it's obvious. But they, they always have – because then they want to drive the rankings up by, oh, Notre Dame's good, let's call them. Here we go. Uh, Justin Hunter, Notre Dame won't allow a rushing touchdown until the Wisconsin game. That's a That's a pretty good one. Uh, Michael S. said, saw a Michigan podcast yesterday, had a guy from Pick 6 Preview who thinks Notre Dame is rated too high in AP, should be 24, because the quarterback and offensive line less than last year, D-line lost too many, and new scheme in D.C. This guy's supposed to be the most successful predictions the last five years. Any comment? My comment would be, why are you listening to a Michigan podcast? And number two, ignore that. I First of all, people that brag about they're the most accurate, just ig- ignore it. No, just I'm not even commenting any further on it. Why are you listening to a Michigan podcast? That's like, are you are you like you like torturing yourself? Uh, I would encourage you not to do that anymore. <laughs> All right, Mace AK, bold prediction to give special teams some love. Four blocked kicks with at least two of them returned for TDs. Okay, that's pretty bold. Brent Byers with the boldest prediction. The Notre Dame D doesn't allow a touchdown until the USC game. Marcus Freeman gets elected presidency own coach and both coordinator positions all at once. Go Marcus Freeman. Okay. I was kind of with you. Thought you were maybe being serious at the beginning, but um, yeah, after that, I realize you're just messing around. Sean Rogers says Kaiser leads in tackles. MTA leads tackles for loss. Hamilton leads in picks with four. Notre Dame defense is ranked in the top five, and Notre Dame shuts out three this year. Now that's bold predictions, Sean. That is coming correct with the bold predictions. No, no question about it. Craig Sebring with a bold prediction. Let bold prediction Prince Kali takes over the will position and gets five sacks. I like that. I like that. All right, here we go here. We're going to get some of those at the beginning. Uh, we're going to get booted. Uh, Sean Mattingly, bold prediction. By the end of the season, Gabe Rubio will be fighting for a starting job. That would have to be at nose because he's – barring injury, that would have to be at nose. Tim, I'm going to read this one, just a bold prediction. Marcus Freeman will go down as the most handsome Notre Dame coordinator coach of all time. Okay. Amazing game with the bold prediction. Vince actually gets fired for that saying. <laughs> oh, that was great. Oh. Andrew Sakalowski on that theme. Bold prediction. IB gets a new intro sung by Vince. <laughs> okay, so I can definitely say two of those bold predictions will not come true. I'm not going to fire Vince for singing. I can mute him, though. And then Andrew is definitely incorrect that there will not be a new intro song <laughs> sung by Vince. <laughs> uh, John Dalton says, Cam Hart leads the DBs in interceptions. I like that one. Chili missed our show yesterday, so he's going to jump in with e, uh, an offensive one. That uh, So he says, Jack Cohn uh, will have 400-plus rushing and six rushing TDs. Very bold prediction. I would say, I'd say Chili, that is pretty bold because that, that's obviously way more than what Jack did at Wisconsin. And even in – you know, Ian Book only had like 495 last year, and he was known as a runner. So if you look at what Jack did in 2019, he was at 22 yards rushing. Now, he did have four rushing touchdowns, and a couple of them were on scrambles. A couple were just, you know, kind of pushing it in from the goal line. But – that, that would be a really impressive number, Chili. That is definitely a bold prediction. Chili is coming correct with his bold prediction uh, on that one. 
Real uh, Irishman seven one one four. Real prediction: Defense is number six in run defense. Justin A leads the team with seven. Sa- okay, so you're going with Justin Adamiola leading the team with seven sacks and ten tackles for loss. I like that. No one linebacker stands out. They all get the job done. And Houston Griffith leads the team with five interceptions, including one pick six. Hey, Irishman seven one one four. That is that is what I'm talking about. That is a really good in depth bold prediction. That is definitely understanding the 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 spirit of a bold prediction, but also one that I, I I wouldn't necessarily be shocked if any of those things happened. Lamont J bold prediction. Kyle Hamilton wins the Thorpe award. Okay. Tommy guns also says doesn't win the Thorpe award. That's an award won by Houston Griffith. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Some interesting bold predictions today. Paul bold prediction, cold prediction. Tommy guns goes sleeveless in November gets on TV and Notre Dame doesn't give up a TD. T-Guns becomes that guy for years to come. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Jeff Jeff Flukes says, Coach D, I apologize for my Ian Book to the Broncos joke on the message board. I wouldn't wish that on anyone but a Michigan fan. Yeah, Jeff Fluke came on the message board yesterday and said that the Broncos would trade for Ian Book. So so doubling down on my my hurt of the day of Notre Dame of the Broncos naming Teddy Bridgewater as a starting quarterback, which I'm disgusted by. Um, not a knock on Teddy, but he is what he is, right? I mean, he's a mediocre quarterback. That's why he's on like his like sixth or seventh team in eight years. But uh, yeah, that was hurtful. That was hurtful. John Climax says DBs get five plus sacks. Okay, that's good. Le- linebackers get uh, it'll be ten, and the D line gets twenty sacks. That's a lot of that's that's that is good. And then finally, for the bowl predictions, Kevin's going to come with the bowl prediction is Notre Dame wins the national championship. All right, there we go. I I can dig all those. All right, so we're going to get to some comments. We lost a lot of those comments at the beginning because we just got bumped down. But uh, I do want to kind of jump into some of these other comments and questions. If you have comments and questions about the other topics we talked about or anything else, you can go ahead and throw them in now. I'm going to work through those. We've kind of worked through the the bold predictions here. Uh, Chief Brody said, asked, if, if Marcus Freeman is the next head coach from the staff, then I don't think he will be the head coach of Notre Dame. He will go elsewhere and become another Urban Meyer we always want back. Uh, again, so just two things on that. Number one is I don't necessarily agree with that. I mean, Brian Kelly's contract is up in 2024. Brian Kelly cares about his legacy. If Brian Kelly believes that Marcus Freeman needs, needs to be the head, next head coach, they will do one of two things. One is they'll make him the coach in waiting hopefully privately, which, I mean, if Brian Kelly was talking about the Notre Dame job, then they've already done that. Again, I don't think that was necessarily what that was meant to be, but if it was, that's what it means. But I think they would, if, if, if he was really showing those chops, I think they would, they would figure something out and a way to keep him here. Cause I do think Marcus Freeman really likes it at Notre Dame. I, I really do. Sam Tyrell says, thanks for the explanation on the Marcus Freeman thing. I read into the Freeman comments way too much. Twitter news is the worst. Yes, Twitter news is the worst. No one should ever be getting their news from Twitter unless it's opening an actual story and reading the story. If you're just getting news as Twitter headlines or Twitter comments, then I would advise you not to do that. Click on the story, read the story, and then do your own research on it beyond just that, okay? But uh, he could have meant that. I'm just saying, I don't think it necessarily means that. I don't think you can take his comments and say it definitely means he's talking about the next head coach in Notre Dame. I don't think so. John Climax says, Kaiser to Will, 
and then uh, Paul Moala or prior to Rover. I would not do that, Paul John. And, and I understand the, the the thought, but I would not because I think to me that's now limiting two positions. I think you're now hurting two positions because I'm keeping Rover and Mike as strong as possible, and then you you figure out your next best option at will. If you move Jack Kaiser to will, I think Jack can play will, but I don't think Jack's as good at will as he would be at Rover. And now you're clearly not putting your best Rover on the field either. And so I would I would say no, don't do that. I'm not a big fan of of uh, very often of moving that kind of guy unless it's a situation where that position is so important that you have to do it. So that's why, like I advocated for mover moving Robert Hainsey to center last year, uh, that would be an exception. This would not be an exception to that, in my opinion. I'm gonna try to find some more comments here. We've got through the, a lot of the. We got through a lot of the bold predictions. Let's see if we have any other interesting things here. Tommy Guns asks, are you keeping track of these and will revisit them uh, when they get achieved? Yes. No, I'm not. You can. I'll have my bold predictions and I'll kind of look at those at the end of the year, but I won't. I'm not going to be like archiving all of those. Remember what you said. And if you get it right, come back and talk some trash when we do a podcast at the end of the season. Dynasty IP asks, uh, if you were to put a percent percent rating on the Notre Dame defense, what would it be pre-injury and post-injury trying to understand the significance of this loss? I have no idea uh, how to per- put a percentage on that. What I would say is, um, what I would say is, I think that this is, is definitely a loss. It's going to take away one of your better players, but I don't know if I can put it, I, I can't possibly put a percentage on it. It, but it's a loss based on what we thought Maris could do, not necessarily what he was. So you're not losing like a proven starter. You're losing a guy that you thought could have been a good player for you, a guy that you thought was going to you know, make an impact this season and the guy that, that had a lot of talent. But I also don't think that you're replacing him if J.D. Bertrand's as good as what we're being told he has been. You're not replacing him with some guy that can't play. You're replacing him with a, a good, still a good football player. So I, I do think it, it would – yeah, I just – I'm not, that's not kind of how my mind works. I don't know how to put it into percentage. It, it's a loss, but it's one that they can overcome, in my opinion. So RJ G. Irving says, um, the BK coach comment feels like a political hit. A successful camp ends and game prep begins. Let's show so some uncertainty in the staff and the team. No, because no, because the reason I disagree with you is this isn't being pushed by anyone in the media. This is a comment that somebody found while watching the golf network the other night. Apparently, this was on the golf network the other night. Somebody watched it, started showing it. Other people watched it, started showing it. This is being done like organically through like the Notre Dame people. A lot of the Notre Dame YouTubers or you know, whatever the free sites and you know, the the Fan sites, I mean, and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's being spread there. This isn't a media thing. Uh, th- you know, this isn't like ESPN or CBS or anything like that. So I would, I would disagree with that that conversation. Timothy Church asked, "Sorry, got here late. If you discuss this already, but how will the D do against Sam Howe? Uh, we didn't, didn't discuss that yet, Timmy. I, to me, it just it's going to depend on the line. It, it, I, I don't think I think North Carolina has good skill this year, really good skill. I don't think it's as good as it was last year. I, I don't think that it's a it's a deal where." They don't have 2,000-yard running backs in their roster. They don't have anyone that's going to be quite as good as De'Ami Brown, but they're going to have good players. I mean, Coffrey Brown, Joshua Downs, Bo Corrales, they're going to have good receivers. They're going to have good backs. Ty Chandler transferred from Cincinnati. He's not as good as the two that they lost. He's a good football player. It's going to be about 
the vet, they're, they're, they're a veteran line, a big line, and can Notre Dame's defensive line dominate at the point of attack this year like they did last year? If they do that, Sam Howell's going to be in trouble because just like last year, he's not going to have time to throw. They're going to be in a lot of third and longs because the run game's not working. Notre Dame did a great job on the quick game last year for the most part and limited a lot of those big gains. They had a couple they gave up early, but settled down after that. And it's just going to come down to the line of scrimmage. If Notre Dame can win the line of scrimmage, then they'll, they'll, Sam Howell won't have a big game just like last year. If Sam Howell is able to sit in the pocket, get comfortable, spread the ball around, get the ball out, have a, you know, not get hit a lot, run games having some success, then they're going to struggle against him because he's a pretty good decision maker. I don't think he's the elite talent that people make him out to be. I don't think he, I, I don't, I don't look at Sam Howell and say top 10 NFL draft pick. I just, I just don't see it. Now, maybe that changes this year because he was only a sophomore last year. So he's, he, he could, he goes going to get something better this year. I just don't see that kind of guy, in my opinion. Okay, here we go, Old Grim. Okay, the more I think about it, I'm changing my prediction to fewer than 15 points a game. Now, that is a bold prediction. Old Grim came correct on the next one. No question about it. I dig it. I dig it. Irishman 7114, I think that the defensive line eats the USC offensive line alive, leading to five turnovers, uh, four INTs and a strip sack. Clay Hilton then leaves the stadium in the fourth quarter to go cry in a beer. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. And M. Stace, nineteen eighty-seven. How much of a drop off do you think we'll see from Maris to J.D. Simon? Again, drop off is relative to what we were expecting to happen, not what we saw last year. I do. I'll say this. Let's pretend for a second that Maris Lewifow never had the breakout we've talked about, right? Or at least to the degree that we've had. Even with without that. If we're just looking at what JD and Shane Simon have done, I still expect the Will linebacker to be better than it was last year. That's the, that's the takeaway. The thing now is, is it going to be as better? That's a different story. Liam predict thirty turnovers and thirty-five sacks. That that's a lot of turnovers. A lot of turnovers. Roy boy, let all the idiots sleep on us. Go Irish. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Brent Byers, apparently not a David Pollock fan. Is there anyone that hates that on Notre Dame more than David Pollock on ESPN? Dude is annoying. I can't wait to win a natty and shut all these clowns up. Yeah, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Tristan Mertz, I will pass this no long to our the people that do the videos. Thank you for doing the practice videos the right way. Somebody get these other sites a camera stabilizer or monopod. I don't know. I don't watch other practice videos, but I will let my guys know that you like the work that they're doing. I appreciate that very, very much. Nathan Lytle, what's wrong with these FS fan, FSU fans? Do they seriously think they have a chance against us? Yes, they do. And honestly, I'm okay with that. I'd be kind of be kind of bummed if they just all knew they're going to get crushed, if they thought they're going to get crushed, you know? And Chief Brody says, yes, FSU fans literally think they're going to stomp at Notre Dame. That's kind of what you expect from fans, right? And game hasn't games haven't been played yet. And yeah, I just I um yeah, I kind of I kind of expect that. I, I I like the optimism, but here's the other thing. Uh, don't you kind of want them to think that, right? Like if they just knew you they were gonna you're gonna get crushed by Notre Dame, wouldn't that kind of take some of the fun that you as a fan have of when Notre Dame wins, of kind of um, being able to talk a little bit of trash? You know, if like yeah, of course you beat us. We thought you were gonna beat us. Of course you did. Uh, and then Old Grim says, "Just so you know, I did change my prediction before your comment." Okay, so so we'll, we'll give. I'll, I'll take that. We'll give you that love. We'll give you that love. I believe you. I believe you. But but back to the point. 
I just I kind of like that when teams think that they're going to beat Notre Dame and when they overlook Notre Dame and they say things like Notre Dame stinks and they're not any good because then when Notre Dame wins those games, it's a lot more fun to kind of talk trash. At least that's how I look at it. So I want those Florida State fans thinking that. Irish Joe says Notre Dame beats Florida State 35 to nothing. That would That is a bold prediction. Oh, and I just something popped in my head too. I realized yesterday I, I, I'm going to have to get used to Joshua Bryan's name. Because somebody said something about Brian kicks a 60-plus yard field goal. And my response was, I couldn't kick a 60-plus yard field goal. Afterwards, I'm thinking like, oh, he's probably talking about Joshua Bryan. I kind of felt like an idiot. So I apologize to whoever said that yesterday. I do not think Joshua Bryan will kick a 60-yard field goal, but he certainly has a much better shot than I do. So um, it kind of hit me after the show like, yeah, it's a pretty stupid takeaway on that one. So apologies for that, for whoever said that yesterday. John Kiever says, not a bold prediction, but asking, how would you game plan and attack a Marcus Freeman defense? I think, honestly, you have to be able to try to game plan to protect the protect the backfield and get shots, number one. But I think you have to be able to establish the running game. I think you have to be able to use their lack of bigger bodies against them some way. I would I would do more. Uh, I'd, I'd, if I had the ability, I'd go with some bigger personnel, You know, get a tight end in the game, maybe get a fullback in the game instead of the tight end. I do a lot of motions and shifts, get them running. I think teams that want to go man don't want to do a lot of movement pre, pre-snap. Uh, and I would try to find ways to move the pocket to get some shots downfield. Uh, I would, uh, you know, you have to find ways to be efficient. And I think the screen game can be part of that. I think you the quick game, you have to find a way to get the quick game going. And that's where I think a lot of the motions and shifts can come from. You know, if they're playing one outside, I'm going to motion my slot guy across, try to get them free on a little slide route, five-yard out cut, things like that. Uh, if I can find ways to force their linebackers to reduce, then I can maybe win with some slants and some one-on-one shots on the outside. But the thing about Marcus Freeman's defense that makes it good, in my opinion, is you have to have better personnel at spots. And and I think that's going to be a big key, is if you have better personnel than they do at spots, then you'll have a chance to win some of those one-on-ones. It's and this is what I like about it, and this is why I advocated for Marcus Freeman being the, the coordinator. Is yes, it's aggressive and all that kind of stuff, but it's a sound defense. And an aggressive, sound defense, in my experience as a coach, in my experience as a player, in my experience as an analyst, if you're aggressive and sound you and you have talent, you're, you're incredibly hard to beat. It has to come down to you know guys just not executing their assignments. That, but that's why I say a lot of movement because I want to. The, the more you can move and your guys are assignment correct, the greater chance you have at, at forcing the other team to make a mistake, in my opinion. Liam Gaming says, Can Paul Moala play Will in a pinch? Sure. Would I want him doing it full time? No. Adoma Gris says, uh, Joining late, so apologies if I missed this. You didn't miss this. What are reasonable expectations for Prince Collie this year? Rotation at Rover or just special teams? Grizz, we we talked this a, a little bit uh, a while ago, uh, and we'll talk we'll talk about it again now. I think for Prince, it's going to come down to how quickly can he pick up the defense. So, the talking to sources, they love his athleticism. They love how he runs. They love his frame. There's incredibly high hopes for him, but of course, he's going to have to learn how to play defense. I mean, he's going to have to learn the plays and learn the defense and do all these type of things. And how quickly that light goes on is going to determine the answer to this question. I expect him to be on special teams. I'll be shocked if he isn't. But I think when it comes to when it comes to playing defense, it's going to boil down to can he get the calls? Can he get the technique? Can he understand, you know, hey, look, I've got to take an outside angle here, an inside angle there. I've got to, 
attack with my right arm here, my left arm there. You know, if this guy goes in motion, I got to squeeze and come off the edge, or I got to squeeze and play the backside C gap, or I got to play the D gap to my side. And here's my coverage responsibility. Here's how I do if the guy releases inside. Here's what I do if the guy releases outside. Here's what I do if the guy comes right at me. All those different things are part of what go into being able to execute your assignment correctly. And it's that stuff that Prince is going to have to learn. If he picks that stuff up, I think he will play some this year. Now, will he be a primary role? I think that increases now with this injury because I could see him sliding inside and getting a chance there. But um, yeah, that's that's. I think it's too early to say it. I, I think my hope is would be that by the end of the year he's playing well enough to say, "Hey, look, this kid's got a got a got. We got to find a role for this kid." That would be my hope. But I'm not. I'm not going to lose too much sleep if for some reason he's not there yet because there's a lot of good linebackers that Notre Dame has had in recent years that just haven't been ready as freshmen. Jeremiah Wusukoromo didn't play as a freshman. I like this. May say, okay, bold prediction. We will see an Irish breakdown hat on TV at least four times this year. I hope so. I hope you're right. I dig that. Curtis Hewitt, Hewitt bold prediction, two first-round draft picks and four total draft picks. Now, Curtis, here's my question for you. Is it, are you talking defense or overall? I'm just curious about that. If you don't mind following up for me on that, Curtis, I, I want to know, because depending on how bold, that boldness is going to come from whether you're talking about one side of the ball. Because if you say just total, I would say that's not overly bold. In my Maybe the first round pick one, but with Patterson and Hamilton, I don't think that's overly bold. Uh, if you're talking a whole team or just defense, that would, to me, would be bold. Because then you're predicting that somebody like a, a an Adam Yola, a, Mar- a Marutungvalo, a Mosa, somebody like that is going to all of a sudden become a first-round pick. That would be a bold prediction. Here's an interesting one. Mark Spinola. Notre Dame gets whipped by Florida State, then runs the table. I don't see either one of those things. I don't think that scenario would play out. I'd be shocked if that scenario played out. Andrew Sakalowski asks, if Indy has to beat two teams in the postseason, which two would you prefer? For me, it's Ohio State and then Bammy and Bama and the Natty. To me, it would be, I would like to see it kind of the other way around. I would like to see them slay the beast in the first round. That would be Alabama and then and then beat and then beat Ohio State in the next round. That's what I would like to see. Michael McKinley with the bold prediction. Jason Adam, Justin Adamiola finished with eight. That's a second Justin Adamiola prediction. I like this. Okay, that's that's really thinking outside the box. And also means you've been paying attention to the preseason uh, analysis that has talked a lot about the fact that he's having a really good camp, really good camp. Michael Moore says, Notre Dame will have five shutouts, lead college football in turnovers, and no one will score more than 24 points on us all year. Those are bold predictions. No, no question. John Dalton says, Brian, position wise, what was your biggest concern heading into fall camp? And are you still concerned now that camp is over and position depth is established? It's still the secondary on defense and the offensive line on offense. Those are still my two biggest concerns. Uh, the talent's there for both, but they've got to play better. And and I and from what I've heard and reported and things like that, I still don't have the confidence right now that either is necessarily uh at a position where they're just going to go crush it. I'm just not there yet. I'm not in a position where I think that, oh, the secondary is definitely going to play great or, oh, the offensive line is definitely going to play great. I'm, I'm optimistic that they can reach that potential, but I'm not I'm not there yet. I got to see it a little bit more. And if they can get there, then sure, I, I'll be a lot more optimistic that that this team is going to be a title contending team, but that's going to that's gonna be the key, right? I mean, they're going to have to 
they're going to have to get to that point where they are playing those two units, in my opinion, are playing well. If they can get there, then we'll be this team will we'll, we'll be enjoying watching this team play. Curtis Hewitt says, "What team on the schedule do you think this defense will struggle against the most?" Ooh, that's a good question. Oh boy, uh, I'm gonna say either I'm gonna say North Carolina would be the one that I'd be most concerned about because they're they're more balanced. USC just they they don't scare me. North Carolina scares me a little bit more. Irishman seven one and four. Who do people see us shutting out besides Toledo and Navy? I would love it, but I just don't see it happening. Oh, you know, I mean, I don't know if anybody predicted Notre Dame was going to shut out Michigan to start the the year couple years, you know, a few years ago. I just, you know, the, the, these I don't see them shutting out more than two. You know, but if if they shut out Georgia Tech, would that shock me? No, uh, be tough because I I like their skill talent. But you know, you could jump on a team early if they shut out Stanford. Would that shock me? No. Uh, you know, there's teams on the schedule I could look at and say, yeah, they could, if things go how you want them, certainly they could, they could certainly shut some teams out. I'm not predicting it, but I could see it. <laughs> M. Kostra, bull prediction. Notre Dame's new NIL agreement will result in an Irish Spring sponsorship. Okay, we're getting a little crazy. Uh, the Trek reviewer asks again, can you think of any O-line who is as big as Washington right tackle Daniel uh, Lele, who is 6'8", 380? Not, not off the top of my head, no. And that's down from what he was listed at in high school. He was listed at over 400 pounds in high school. Chief Brody says, Tim Tebow hates on Notre Dame more than Pollock. Pollock isn't horrible to Notre Dame as a pundit, but I would see the, that Reese Davis on commentary is pretty tough. I agree with the latter, agree with the former, and I also agree with the one in the middle. I don't think Pollock crushes Notre Dame. Uh, but I honestly can't say maybe that's changed in recent years. I haven't watched DSPN in over a year probably. And so maybe I'm almost two. I rarely listen to ESPN, so I couldn't really say, but I get clips of Tebow all the time, not only hammered on Notre Dame, but the things that the, look, and I love Tim Tebow as a player. I respect him as a man of faith. I think he puts his money where his mouth is. So as a human being, I, I love Tim Tebow as a college football analyst. Tim Tebow is awful awful because he's incredibly uninformed and you know maybe he still thinks Notre Dame is what it was when he's being recruited I don't know I I don't get it uh maybe I don't want to impugn any other reason motivations behind his disdain for Notre Dame I'm just going to stay out of that conversation but when I hear him talking about Notre Dame it's normally like I don't even know like there's times I've heard people criticize Notre Dame and say hey yeah I get where he's coming from I don't agree with it but get where he's coming from with Tim Tebow someone like what is he talking about like has he watched any college football this year? Like, I don't think he does. I, I really don't think Tim Tebow is is should be on TV as an analyst unless he's going to start doing a better job of prep because he's often just incredibly misinformed about teams. And so I just don't pay attention to him to be completely honest with you. But yeah, he's pretty bad to Notre Dame. Domer Gris says, "Are we developing cross training any Sam linebackers, or will the Viper play that role when we go to the three-three-five look with five DBs? When who comes off the field in that look? Who would be a good Sam? I think anybody that can play Rover or 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 Will can also play the Sam. It's going to be a very similar position. We've talked a little bit about that in the past. That's going to get a little bit trickier now that Maris is hurt, you know. But I could see Jack Kaiser coming inside. I could easily see that and playing the Sam. And we saw that's kind of what when when." When Cincinnati was in their base defense last year, Grizz, they would have three D linemen, and they'd have their Viper, Majai Sanders, would actually stay in the D line. They'd actually take out one of their 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 they take out their other defensive end, 
you know, or, or they wouldn't put a, another defensive end in the game. So like they were more of a three, three that went four down when they went four down, they would put a line, another defensive lineman on the, an end on the field. Their base defense was three defensive linemen and then three line, two line, two inside linebackers. And then their Rover and their Rover was inside, but their Rover was a line, but he was kind of like a, he would play some Sam. He would kind of split the difference between the slots. I mean, he said he played out of the box a lot and then they'd have a fifth DB. So their Rover was that guy. And I would anticipate that kind of being the case with this Notre Dame football team. I think if, if they were to go to a, a true three, three, five, meaning they take out a linebacker, because a lot of times they're going to do what you say. They're just going to have the Viper play that role. But a lot of the times when they go to a three, three, a true three, three, five out of three, three, five personnel, that mean then you're going to see Jack Kaiser stay in the game. You're just going to see, you're going to see probably, I would imagine you'd see Heinish come out and I would, and you'd put in a, a fifth DB and then you just see Jack Kaiser just slide in a, a nudge. Uh, is what how I think you're going to see this three three five play out when they're in three three five personnel. Paulie G, bold prediction: Jack Cohn single season passing record for Notre Dame and single season passing TDs for Notre Dame, and Tommy Reese becomes offensive coordinator of the year. If the first two happen, then the second one will have a great chance of happening. Or, you know, the third one I should say will have a great chance of happening. The record I believe is th- we talked about yesterday. I think three thousand nine hundred nineteen by Brady Quinn, and their touchdown record is thirty seven. If Jack Cohn gets to basically 4,000 yards and more than 37 touchdowns, he will be a Heisman finalist. I would be pretty certain of that. Notre Dame's going to win a ton of games, and Tommy Reese will have an absolutely have a great chance to be offense coordinator of the year. No question about it. Realist LGND Killa. I love your name, by the way. I think I've said that before. Notre Dame wins 42 to three and Buckner plays the last five minutes. I hope he would play more than that. If they win 42 to three, I really hope he would play more than that. But I like the four. I assume you're talking about Florida State. I like that prediction. Paulie G, bold prediction. Notre Dame has a top five defense and two defensive players get drafted in the first round this year. I like that. I like that. Uh, May say case that I was the one who said Josh Bryan would kick a 60 yard field goal, but I meant to say attempt one. I think if they were to attempt one that deep, they'd put Dora in the game. Craig Sebring, one prediction is Notre Dame going 7-5. and five. I have said 11-1. and one. We play in the Peach Bowl, but may my bold prediction is that Notre Dame plays Georgia. All the so-called experts say we lose and we blow them out. I would love that. In their own state, adding a little bit of insult to injury. I would be all, all about that. Papa Rose. Okay, I like this. Bold prediction. Our cornerbacks play lights out and make Notre Dame a major player for A.J. Harris. I dig that. I dig that. No question about it. Jacob Watson. I don't think this is a bold. I think Notre Dame is better this year than last year, mainly because of the offensive skill. I think Notre Dame should be go undefeated if Cone and the line are what they appear to be. The undefeated would be a bold prediction, but the other part is not so bold, as you said, And I, but I, I still like it. Paul Benoit says, do you think Jordan Patel has the skill to play Buck or Will? I like how aggressive he is, and I'm looking for a way to get that on the field. Does he show good instincts? I don't know if I've seen him play enough at, at that level in college to say he has that, but I've said in the past that I thought I thought he could play Mike Linebacker in college. Now, does could he play Will? Look, in some of the 3-3-5 stuff they do, and this is kind of leads to what Domer Grizz was talking about, there are times he will play that position. Uh, he will play sort of that will spot. I would I would consider it. If, if if you're not comfortable with where those guys are, I would strongly consider it. Because then you could, you know, then you could go to your 3-3-5 and you could take out maybe your will linebacker and and put in a fifth DB. 
I mean, and then you'd have the mic would be Drew White, and then you'd still have Kaiser as the rover. And I would can if you're not comfortable with those other two guys, I would do that. Or if you like JD but you're not comfortable in Shane or vice versa, that's a way to kind of get that some extra reps or to get your a breather to your will without putting a guy you don't think can play on the field. So very interesting stuff. Percentage split of runs for Kyron and Tyree significantly closer to 55-50 than last year. I think it'll be closer to 50-50 than last year, but I don't think it'll be close to 50-50. Two reasons. Number one, Kyron is still the guy. He is the guy. Number two, I think Tyree is going to do more with less. So if you want to talk about yards, maybe it's a lot closer, but in carries, I, I don't think it'll be still be all that close. John Dalton with a joking bold prediction. Notre Dame covers the spread versus Florida State. Let's get to some more. We've got a super chat down here from Jacob Watson. If Cone is like we think, and the also offensive skill players don't have major injuries, do you think Notre Dame will be deeper and better and deeper this year? Absolutely, Jacob. Absolutely. Uh, I, I absolutely think that. I think that um, I think that this offense could be the best of the Brian Kelly era just because of just the depth of skill and the combination of veteran quarterback. And because the last two times Notre Dame had a great offense, they didn't have a veteran quarterback, you know, you think in 2017 and 2015, they had new new guys in the starting lineup both times. So, you know, yeah, yeah, Jacob, I, I could, I could see that. And I think this team would be really, really good for it. Really, really good for it. No question about it. And I think that is it. So, yeah, so Jacob Watson, again, you know, we read the question, but I did not thank you for your super chat, Jacob, and I, I apologize. I am very, very appreciative of that. Uh, really appreciate you leaving us a chat. And all the other people left the super chats and everybody that was part of our show today, appreciate all of you. Uh, if you have not done so, please sign up for the message board. We have a lot going on there. A lot more is going to be happening. We're going to have some message board only stuff once the season starts that you are not going to want to miss. It's not going to be on YouTube. It's not going to be on Twitter. It's not going to be on the Irish Breakdown website. It's going to be message board only stuff. So I really want you all to be a part of that and uh, and to continue to help us grow that part of our business. So before you leave, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, and hit the notification bell. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow, 12.30 p.m. Eastern, uh, Friday mailbag. And then Saturday, just a reminder that Saturday at 2 p.m., we're going to go live again. And we're going to have our season prediction. Our, we're going to go through the games. We're going to make our predictions of what their record's going to be, who they're going to win. We're going to make our college football playoff predictions, all that stuff. And then we're going to hear your all of your final season predictions as well. So really think about how you think this season is going to go, what the record is going to be, uh, what who Notre Dame is going to lose to if you have them losing, if you don't have them losing any games and you don't have to worry about it, who they're going to lose to, what bowl game they're going to play. And then you, I want, I want to hear it from you also. Who do you think is going to be in the college football playoffs? So those are the things that we will discuss in next week's or uh, Saturday show. Uh, and so again, thanks everybody for being here with us today. Uh, had a lot of fun and we will, uh, we'll talk to all of you again very, very soon. So we'll see you all tomorrow.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.